7.34. It's the one two three show and it's Thursday afternoon, which means it's time to join Andrew Dembina for Artsing Around. And here he is. Good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Sadia. How are you? I'm all right. Is it cloudy where you are then, Andrew? It is, actually. You didn't need to use the umbrella, but uh, in central, where I'm reporting from at the moment, um, oh. it's uh, pretty pretty wet and grey. Bit oh. of a kind of dreary sky. How about over there? Well, it's um, dry in the studio at the moment, so we're OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Same here. What's yeah. going on right. then now, Andrew? Well, OK, now, a week can never go by these days after the last almost a year when the three letters NFT mm. are, not, are not mentioned. I Today, know. <laughs> they continue to be. With our, with our first piece. I know, had you, had you actually heard of them uh, yeah. before? Yeah, you know, well, not before you chat. mentioned it. I remember right. we talked about it. And then after that, I seriously, one after the other, whether it's my nephew in UK or whether ah. it's something in Hong Kong, it seems right. to be going worldwide here, you know. Well, it's, you know, it's because there are so many um, a- other aspects than just the main image built mm. into it. I've talked before about um, how there's a record of origin so there's real kind of, uh, there's a track that can be followed about who owned it last. And every time one gets sold, I probably mentioned this, there's a, uh, there's a royalty paid to the artist. So even when they may make their big bucks or more modest bucks if they're less well known from selling the first piece, if it's a one-off, mm-hmm. then every resale they get something back, like a royalty. And so that, that's one thing. Another yeah. is that um, they can embed different almost like uh, podcasts or documentaries or extra information mm. in various forms that lend themselves to the digital world mm. to give a background about the artist. Maybe they may, sometimes they'll load up a, an arty video that they've made before or simply them doing their stuff in their studio. Mm. So you get, you can, they don't all do this, but it's becoming more and more a thing. Uh, plus, some of them belong to um, associations of galleries where they can, uh, network uh, so that if you buy one from one artist in a gallery um, you might get a discount on works by other artists who that gallery represents as well. There's, there are all mm-hmm. these kind of non-painting like you know the sort yeah. of the thing that is oil and canvas that you put on the wall so different. It's so, so mind-boggling really I, I find yeah. it hard to get my head around it because it's just it's almost like there's layers and layers and layers of it isn't there? Well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's all embedded that mm. the eye can't first see, and you need to probably get some long list of, uh, of what your NFT might do mm. when you consider buying it. Um, but I wanted to talk about a specific project, and uh, it's by a gallery which is appropriately called Disrupt Space, because this is, you know, NFTs are the big disruptor, for want of a better term. Disruptor is a negative term, though, but it's one that's used, obviously, for things that come along and change the status quo, are tired of tradition. Um, however, there's a, there's a great exhibition that's taking place in London at the moment of NFTs. And when you say there's an NFT exhibition taking place, it, can, it could mean that it's taking place just virtually without mm. a gallery. But in this case, the, the Disrupt Space is the name of a gallery, physically bricks and mortar, that represents black artists. In, they're based in London. But they represent the uh, the UK black artist community, and that's that's just a niche that they've decided to specialise in. Contemporary, most of their artists are in their twenties. Uh, some of them go up to thirties and forties, but that's about it. So it's young black community artists, and they have got together with Yahoo 
UK uh, version to um, collaborate with the technology that Yahoo, the web company or the, uh, the arm of it that's in the UK, can provide to help them to make the NFTs and to embed all of these different possibilities that I have mentioned and others too. Mm. And uh, the, the, artist, um, get, the artist put forward some, some artists that they represent and together with Yahoo they agreed on eight that would be represented and they are all having their work made, one work each, into a non-fungible token format for digital art that's what nft stands mm, yes, for yes yes and i'm um, just reminding the listener and uh, it's uh, it, it really does have um, great world i mean value because they they can any, anyone can collect these and know from the other side of the world it's it's a game changer really mm. because people uh, yeah i mean apart from maybe websites that had uh, advertised their artists or presented their artists which could be accessed around the world this is a way of actually literally getting something within 24 hours to someone oh. who would like to enjoy that in, their, in, the, in the privacy of their own home. Mm. Um, and so, the artists that are on show, um, there are a few different ones, and, and I've sent Sadia a couple of pictures yes. uh, regarding uh, this, this, uh, this exhibition. Um, and it's, it's, um, the, the first one is uh, someone who takes his... Um, his inspiration from street arts and i've sent a picture of uh, an artist called gus brooks simpson mm. double barrel surname mm -hmm. uh, bka for short he actually calls himself that which is probably probably a good thing <laughs> and um he he is traditionally not really that interested in nfts but he was represented by disrupt space as i say as there were is eight of their artists and they um put him forward and together with Yahoo, it was decided that this very now looked almost of graffiti art. Uh, uh, Sadia, how would you describe the picture that you can see behind Gus the Artist or yeah, yeah, GBA? You know, I was trying to put GBA. it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like, um, I'm sorry, I was looking at my phone. Yeah, lots of graffiti. Yes, it does look like graffiti, actually. Um, well, very colourful. Indeed. Very colourful and very sort of almost like um, animation, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and 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 also there's a um, certain amount of uh, well, there are two standing in front of two paintings. Yes. One of them on the right looks like it's someone a, a cross between a very like a messiah type person mm, from the nineteen mm. seventies with a halo. With a, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if that's a leg in the air because he's standing in front of it. It looks like a great big orange leg with a flared trouser on it, which could be like a seventies look. Oh yeah. And on, yeah. On, on, uh, yeah, and on the other side, there's um, the, the more graffiti art one is full of different words so he's put a lot of words which which makes it look even more graffiti like you know a few phrases here and there living searching dreaming among others he puts in there and um he was excited to get into this form of art because uh it's the first time in the few years that he's been painting he is in his 20s and he only had his first solo exhibition in london in 2019 so he's doing quite well to have been picked up by one of the world's biggest web companies in this collaboration. Um, he was painting away after his first exhibition in 2019, and he got stuck in Jamaica where he has relatives. Uh, during lockdown, he couldn't get back to the UK, and he had to just paint and paint and paint while he was there to keep himself kind of sane. Luckily, he had a lot of his materials with him and bought more while he was there. Mm. And then in 2021... The, uh, the gallery that already represents him, Disrupt Space, 
decided to uh, find someone to work with them for this NFT project. And that turned out to be Yahoo, as I mentioned in the end. Mm -hmm. So th another artist that is, is appearing, because you see a second image that I sent you of, uh, of a female artist. In a uh, blue robe, long hair. Yeah. It's, then... it's, it's a self-portrait of her in flowing blue robes with a, with a headdress that covers most of her face on a lot of like riverbed rocks, very smooth rocks and sand and earth by the looks of it. Almost looks like she's in a cave because mm. it's, um, it, the, the, behind her is a wall of rock that's very dark. So she is, um, she's actually from Scotland, so it's UK black artist. Okay. And um, yeah, she is um, just trying to, to uh, just, I'm just sorry, I'm, I'm re-reading my notes. She's a Zimbabwean Scottish artist, so she is a, uh, of mixed uh, parents there. And her name is Sekai Macheta. Mm -hmm. Macheta. Mm -hmm. And um, she says that NFTs open the scope for artists across media with such great collaborative projects. And during this one, it's given her the chance to network with a lot of artists around the UK because they're all from different cities around the UK. Mm -hmm. And she finds that aspect of it exciting as well. Every time there's an exhibition of NFT artists, I suppose inevitably they do this. They'll get in touch and they, they've automatically built their network. It's different from maybe living in one part of the UK, Scotland's at the top of the UK and London's right down at the south. Sending an oil painting over, you may or may not ever go to the opening of that event mm, uh, mm. because a lot of this is happening online as well as in the, uh, on, the, on screens in the gallery, which is in South London. So um, it's an interesting one and people can see it if they want to by going to the gallery the disrupt gallery website and i'll just give you that um disrupt space is the name of the gallery and it is disrupt space all one word dot org um, and uh it's called the exhibition is called disrupt space is black mm -hmm. that's the name that's the name of this show mm -hmm. so there you go that's our, that's our first piece for today and moving on to another part of the world, our very own Hong Kong. So there is, there's a, a very interesting exhibition of two traditional uh, type of artists, who, but they're young, they're also in their late 20s, who are doing oil paintings in a Shen One gallery here in Hong Kong. One of them's called Cecilia Ko, and the other one is called Carol Ho. Cecilia Ko um, has her paintings rooted in a very kind of traditional painting and again i've sent you yes Sardia, i was just looking at i'm just trying to get them on my facebook yeah, yeah very um is it a carpet was it oh oh uh, no sorry uh, no, ah yeah it's an interesting yeah. thing it almost looks like there's there's a bubble wrap and then in, in the middle of the bubble wrap there's a, a landscape where they're mm. maybe sitting on a beach with kind of wooden chairs and a few people sitting there working and it's an interesting it's interesting because i just realized it was bubble wrap around it yeah. i'm just going to try and get it on my facebook page so people right. can see it in oh a few yeah moments. that'd be nice okay yeah while you're doing that and then maybe people can have a look at it listener please do the her work um that uh that that's the work of cecilia co is is really traditional oil painting and the painting that sadia was just describing is a family snap an old vintage family snap that she came across which shows a family in deck chairs on a beach and they're having a picnic. And she painted that last year. And all of her paintings she takes from everyday 
mundane or just everyday non-dramatic type of experiences. She'll have families in their living rooms or she'll have somebody just having a cup of tea or coffee by themselves. Not, not, I mean, not in a, not in a, uh, a way that's meant to be symbolic of anything, but just people getting on with their life and doing things. But she loves push, making them even more sepia. That's uh, sort of the warm brown tones of old photographs that used to exist uh, before colour photography came along. And she's the reason that she's framed the one that you described, Sadi, with bubble wrap mm. um, is... And, and, and this is painted bubble wrap, by the way. You might not be able to oh. see, I'll tell you and the listener, that this is not draping bubble wrap around the picture as a frame. She's oh. painted the effect oh, of bubble I wrap. See. Yeah, and if, and if, you, if you look at the... Uh, if you look at these, and I must go and see this exhibition, I just think it's an interesting, Ooh, unusual idea. That's really but, good. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at this on, a, on my laptop, and I can see in the top wow. left corner that that is an unmistakably oil painting but if you do look if you do look at it on a smaller device it could be taken for bubble, bubble wrap she's a realistic well i've got it on my facebook page if people want to see some of the things that you've just been talking about sadi usmani on radio 3 rthk all the pictures i just popped in for artsing around on my facebook page so you can have a look at what andrew is talking about now and you oh, can see right. the bubble wrap picture uh, picture as well managed to get that on there great fantastic well so there are two very different painters in this. Um, another one, then, that, uh, that, that I, I should think you put up to uh, Sardia is the other um, the other painter of this kind of double e exhibition, who goes by the name of Mono C. That's uh, M O N O, and her uh, with a capital C at the end, because she's not only an artist. Yep, she's one of these virtual influencers, Sardia. <laughs> That's right. Um, so. Um, so they but, they, but they both do paint in oil. Now the one um, uh, by the artist, um, so Mono C, as she prefers to be mm -hmm. called, um, has a portrait of herself with Lots a bouquet covering half her of her face. face. Yes, that's yeah. on my Facebook page if you want to see it. Right. So her her, her real name is Carol Ho, which I mm -hmm. think is is probably you know I I, I if I was talking to her i'd rather call her that than mono c i've got no <laughs> idea what that means but but it's a but but they both are die-hard oil painters mm. and it's interesting both of them say that the reason that they do this is because they want to follow the, tr the tradition technically that um that, that they were taught at art college and that a lot of great art was produced in um, Mono C, though, does say that she is thinking about uh, getting on the old NFT bandwagon. Mm. And I don't blame her. I'm you know, thinking artist, about going on the <laughs> NFT bandwagon. <laughs> really, really. Well, it's, you know, it's talked about so much that, uh, that, that I mean, you, you, you might as well have a, a kind of look around and, and see whether... But, you know, you'd have to think about, um, Sadia, how you would enjoy viewing it. And I may have mentioned this to you before, but... Um, I certainly have to Noreen. Uh -huh. There's some people who really got into collecting these pieces of work. If uh -huh. you're only going to buy one yeah. and it's not of high value, you probably wouldn't do this. But some people who are going at it with the idea of building up a collection okay. will have a dedicated flat screen TV, high resolution one, <laughs> which they will um, use with a hard drive that's loaded with their NFT connection and just they'll <laughs> use it just for that. 
they'll sit around looking at their. Oh. Is, I mean, I, I kind so of it's like, like a, a it's like having a painting hung in your in your house where you've got the flat screen exactly. and then you just keep seeing these NFT. I don't know whether I would yeah. do that. <laughs> okay. I know, I know. And, and, and you know, it's, it, 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 it is like that, yeah. uh, except that you might be sometimes enjoying some of those, if you want to call them this, extra features, which could be an interview with the artist or, mm. you know, mm. them talking you around their studio. So mm. it does have these, these other elements to it as well. Mm. Um, so I'll just tell you where this is on then. The, um, um, the gallery... Is in Sherwin One, and it's called Art Slash Home. Art Slash Home—that's the name of the gallery. And it's—I uh, mean, you, anyone can look it up. Of course, it's in New Market Street, though. Mm-hmm. And it starts today, and it's on till March the third. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. The uh, apart from the uh, the floral, the bouquet that I just mentioned that's mm. covering the face of uh, Mono C, as she prefers to be called, that artist, that one of the two artists taking part. Her other paintings, which I didn't share with um, Sadia, and I'm sure that Sadia wouldn't have wanted to share with with you, are some quite um, grotesque um, portraits or figures. It's all figurative art. Mm -hmm. um, And um, she takes from some ancient, well, I mean, some very old painters like Hieronymus Bosch, European uh, painter who painted some quite disturbing uh, paintings centuries ago, and she put she kind of puts in horns instead of a nose for some features and um, other other such um, imaginative devices to show um, the emotion of, of certain characters. But they're not all like that, and it's not something to be thinking that they're all going to be grim paintings. And certainly the other artists that I mentioned up at the start of this segment, which was Celia Coe, hers are all quite cheerful and they're very family based. So you've got two artists, both painting in oils, but with a very different subject matter. They're both very realistic. Things. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. I recommend that. It's quite revolutionary, um, this, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So moving on to the last segment for today, it's, um, and, uh, it, it is about um, tapestries and textiles that originate from Southeast Asia. Um, it's a new exhibition that we won't get to see unless it ever comes here at some point in the future, but it's in the Asian Art Museum of San Francisco, and it's showing a big collection of Southeast Asian textile work. Um, it is a... The Asian uh, Art Museum in San Francisco does have amazing archives, and like all good museums and art galleries, including what M Plus will be doing in the future and what the old Hong Kong Museum of Art still does, is rotate their, um, their actual archive or vault artworks so that they see the light of day in rotation, even if it's only every few years, because... This is what good art galleries do. They don't do it really for an investment, although sometimes they sell them and it is a good way to keep themselves funded. But it's more to, um, to say that they feel strongly it's worthy art and they like to show it every few years. So there's a lot, there's a lot of work. I sent uh, you one, Sadia, yes. which was a, the, 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 the red, very yes. highly it's like decorate, a shawl. decorative. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very it looks pretty. Like it, 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 yeah, it is. Uh, Mm. with 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 primary colors really deep reds 
and Vibrant Green. Mm. Um, and there's another one that I, that I, that I couldn't uh, get a picture of, but, um, but, I, but, uh, but I saw on the website of the, uh, of the gallery, which is a blue and white batik. Um, this was clothing, from, also from Indonesia, from Java, that mm-hmm. was covered with peacocks on trees. Oh, that sounds which nice. looked very Chinese. Mm. Uh, like, you know, it was white with blue peacocks, you know, so you ma- imagine white porcelain, Chinese decorative mm. painted mm. porcelain. It was very much like that. Sounds um, and it was not from a, uh, uh, a Chinese temple. It was from a, uh, it was for um, is- Islamic ceremony. Okay. So I'm not sure where the Chinese inspiration uh, came from, so, but it was pretty interesting. And I think in some countries like Indonesia and Malaysia, for sure, where there, where there are three distinct communities, you sometimes do get these crossovers when generations and generations live together of images from other communities around, you know, the ones who are making the, uh, the weaving textiles or in other types of art. Um, so there are more than 40 pieces in this exhibition, and a lot of them are very old. The, the, the red one that Sardra and I were just discussing comes from around 1850, the mm-hmm. year 1850. So these are really delicate textiles, the sort of thing that you might see if anyone's in the familiar. Museum, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of the Victoria and Albert Museum, yes, who have right. a big collection of textiles in London, and I'm sure there are equivalents yeah, all around the world. Um, so the, another piece that I sent you, Sardia, was um, much more recent. Um, it, it's, it's, a kind of, it's full of earthy colours. And uh, what do you make of this piece? It looks you, like, I, is it kind of boats or is it it's a landscape? It's very sort of sandy yeah, right. coloured and uh, there's water there, yes? Yeah, absolutely. There are boats, yeah, indeed. And there are, in the, uh, across the central line going from left to right in the middle of this um, uh, picture, which is wider than, I, than it is tall, there are stilted um, houses. Yeah. But if, if you look really carefully, I'm not sure how large you can you can. Yeah, I was just looking, this. zooming in, yeah. and I can see almost like a like a mosque or a Taj Mahal type, um, uh, you yeah. know, building in the background next to the next to the mountain, right? And boats yeah. on the sea on this water. That's quite pretty. Yeah. It's very pretty, isn't it? Very intricate. It is, and this is from Indonesia again, but from a from a different part of the country. And it actually is um, depicting, it looks, it looks really pretty, but the closer you look, and I wouldn't have known this unless I'd read about it, those village houses that run across the centre are looking like they're islands. But the closer you look, the ones behind them are just roofs. And why is that? Because it's flooded. Oh, and no. this is a contemporary okay. piece. Okay. And um, it's, a, it's called a shoulder cloth. So it would be like a shawl that um, someone would wear, wear around their shoulders. And it was depicting the tsunami of 2004 um, by, by an artist where, um, you know, where Thailand and Indonesia um, were affected by, uh, you know, by, by a really horrible um, tsunami mm. on Boxing Day of 2004. I remember, I remember that, that news mm. when, it, when it came yes, out. Yes, absolutely. Gosh, yeah. it's so, but it's been interpreted in, a, in, a, in an unusual way. Uh, you, you know, if you didn't know all that at first glance, you wouldn't know, would you? No, it's no, of, it's the detail, no. isn't it? It's when you zoom in that you see it. I mean, I think there are so many sort of paintings, and even even the if you think of the material in that shawl, sometimes yeah. you know, I've been to Uzbekistan and they produce these lovely sort of throws and things like that. Mm. But there is so much meaning in every single thing that they 
put onto that huh. onto well, that well, sort well, of fabric. Well, were there, were those were it traditional uh, religious symbolism or no? Other, or other it was it was basically embroidered. Th- they're almost like big um, like big throws, and they're embroidered yeah. with appliques and things like that. And then what happens right. is that women, um, young girls, start working on them, and then they are basically doing that before they get married. And when they get married, they take that with them. But oh. there's one thing that you know they may have flowers and pomegranates, all sorts of things in there. But they try and bring something in which is not perfect to show that mm. like nothing can be perfect and um, and only I, that, only god is perfect so it's wow. a really it's quite beautiful some of the um the embroidery and the work that they do in uzbekistan and it's it's incredibly popular it's there and you see pomegranates pomegranates mm. signify you know uh, uh, yeah. joy and peace and things like that i think um, so it's oh. so a very intricate work but I, I looked at the shawl and i and i thought some of the colors and stuff mm-hmm. were very much like that oh. Interesting. Now that, that sounds really interesting. Mm. Imperfection is something that is often shown yeah. in art um, by, by artists around the world, even you know, from centuries before there was any communication across the nations. It's just a human thing that's come up. Now, I know we've got to go soon, Sardius. So I just want that's to tell right. you and the You've got 40 seconds. Yeah. If you'd like to see this, this, uh, the embroideries, and they're really amazing, go to the website of the San Francisco Museum. It's Asian Art. Dot org, an easy one to remember. Ooh, Asian art. Sounds org. lovely. Yeah. yeah, you can go and visit San Francisco easily now, can't you? I mean, just go online and you can see anything you like. <laughs> oh. That's the way. That's uh, the way to do it. London, San Francisco, you can do it all in a day. Um, Andrew, that yeah. was great. Some some great stuff there. I will put the other picture. I think I just missed this um, sandy-coloured one. I'll put that up on the Facebook, oh, too. So great. if people want to see that, Sadi Osmani on Radio 3 RTHK, you can catch that there. That's about all we have in for, for today, Andrew. I'm going to sure. say goodbye to you before the news. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Claudia. Okay, then.